ones and then you just go ahead use the car and then park it back and there's an honor system within the car that you know you leave it clean so when i go pick up the car because i'm reserving it for that hour or two i look inside the car and make sure everything's empty and everything's clean oh so, so in new york they probably those some of those people like so they can those some of those people they they urinate and pee in there because no no not at all so because, they normally do keep it clean yeah oh. yeah the people actually keep it clean the one that i rented out was actually from a car uh, garage place so i left my it was uh the nook remember when the nooks were out hold on i left my nook. you have to do a uh, translation again what is ne- no the nook the nook is the equivalent of a kindle but it was through barnes and noble oh okay so because so now you're finding something else to kindle so it's yeah, a tablet so, so it's a tablet similar to the kindle but okay. it was through barnes and nobles only Okay. The difference between the Nook and the Kindle is that you could do internet with the Nook as well. Okay. So I left the Nook, which had all my homework assignments on there from my college. And I left it in the car. So I came home. I was, you know, like, la, 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 la. When I went to go do my homework, I was like, oh, my God, I left the Nook in the car. So I called the garage place and I said, hey, you know, <laughs> I know I left. Oh, no, you, you didn't leave anything here. That's <laughs> what they tell me, right? So do you know how I got my nook back? Because they swore that I did not leave it there. And it's, it was going back to what you were saying about they don't know about the iPad. So, you know, they're not going to know how to get into it. I told them that I worked for NYPD. And the GPS on the Nook says it's there. <laughs> oh. And that's how I was able to get, they they freaked out and come pick it up, come, come pick it up. We found it, we found it. So that's ingenuity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a New Yorker for you. <laughs> Don't mess around with a New Yorker. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you a short story. Well, it's very, very short. This guy is very, very genius. So what happened was that he he told the police that. So the thing is that I think that what was it? He needed his he needed his um, he needed his backyard uh, plowed. OK, yeah, I remember he needed his backyard plowed because I think they needed to dig up. Right. So the thing is that. You know, he didn't want to dig it up himself. So he basically, there was a missing person, right? <laughs> so, so, so what he did was, <laughs> he, he, he told, he started to act really suspicious. Like the middle missing person was, was that he buried him in a backyard. Okay. <gasps> so look. Wow. <laughs> he is a genius. Okay. I don't know if, so, if I want to so laugh or cry. So, so look, so basically, okay, so he's saying like, you know what, what would, what would it happen if I, you know, if I had gotten in a fight and I, you know, I had buried the guy in my backyard, just curious, just curious, curious. And they're like, what? And I said, well, you know that missing person, right? Like, I'm just curious. I'm just wondering, would you guys investigate? Like, would you guys dig up the backyard in case just this I'm just curious, just curious, right? <laughs> and they're like, detective, the detective is like, well, but why would you, I'm not just curious, I'm just asking, what would be the process? How would you verify? And they're like, well, I suppose we would, but why are, what are you saying? Are you saying you, 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 you <laughs> did bury? No, I wouldn't do that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a murderer. Are you mad? I'm just asking, just curious. I'm just mm-hmm. like asking questions, right? So they were like, what? And then they were continuing investigating the case and he called them back and he's like, you know what? I'm just wondering, like, um, so say I wanted to like, <laughs> um, you know, confess. Would you guys be more lenient if I had confessed than if like, you know, 
that if somebody else told you like just is would there be a, a, a smaller sentence if if I had confessed to something like and how much long how long would that sentence be they're like listen why are you asking and they're like look are did you did you bury somebody in your backyard <laughs> no I did not I absolutely would not do that what you think I'm crazy I'm just asking just curious <laughs> like look this is weird. Nobody's ever asked us those questions. Look, we're gonna have to. I'm just, just to be safe. We're gonna have to dig up your backyard. This is, this is too crazy because that guy's been missing a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And you're the only one that's asking. That's a cold case. That case is cold. That, that. They, so, so why would you do that? You can't just dig up my backyard for no reason. Like there is a reason. You be asking us questions. We need to make sure. That's a cool case, okay? So they dig up his backyard, okay? <laughs> Look! And they don't find anything there. And he's like, oh, I told you guys, there's no problem, except I needed to the, the, the backyard dug up because it's just like I wanted to put it, a, a, a pool in, and now, you know, it's going to be much easier. You guys saved me a lot of money. Wow. And, 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 and they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, so now it's going to be a lot easier. Now I'm going to call the pool company. So thanks, because now there's a lot less work. You guys saved me about $1,000, right? And they're like, <laughs> so yeah. So that just reminded me, like, you know. But doesn't there, that cost the is, taxpayers money for them having to investigate? Well, what, <laughs> so why does he care? <laughs> he saved some money on, on, on the plowing, right? But, but the thing is, like, I kind of adapt. So here's the thing. I remember that's, I wrote, read that story when there was a short story contest um, back when I was a kid. I think I was like a teenager. So that's like 30-something years. So this is the thing, right? And then I ch- adapted that story. So it's interesting. If you're a good storyteller, like that story that I read, it was totally different. So what I do is I modify the story so that it makes sense for the thing, for the thing is subject to hand. Right. right. So the thing is, it was very different, but it was, a, that was a basic principle. I didn't know I'd use it like 30 years later. See, the thing is the, the mind is a very beautiful thing. So it's just there. It's just standing in there resident for like 30 years. And then when I need to use that short story, right. You know, then when I'm on this conversation and I'm like talking to, so I guess you're from New York. So I'm talking to Salty. Did I say your name right? Then it comes out and then, but I have to modify it. So it works for the situation at hand. So, you know what? This is so good because I have enough time and nobody's bought my book course and I only put a price on it so people would value it. I actually want to give it away for free. But if this, I had two different founders that I worked for when I was a Mm co-op, right? One was Microsoft. And Bill Gates, at the time, he came and spoke to us. But I don't get to talk about the other one. The other one was Centrinity. Now, that was an uh, ed tech firm. And I'm an, ed, I'm an ed tech guy right now. But the thing is, nobody's heard of, I bet you, you haven't heard of Centrinity, right? No. You know why? Because the founder, he actually was with this, during the dot-com boom, he thought it was a good idea to grow too fast. I say too fast because of what happened. So he had to get investors. So he gave up percentage of his company to get more investment. He gave up over 50%. Do you know what happened? They fired him. That's why you shouldn't do that. Okay. So I didn't do that. So I still run all my companies, but he gave up over 50%. And what, what happened is Y2K, a lot of companies went under. So they wanted to get a better, more senior, like more experienced uh, leader. So the board voted to replace him, his own company. And they got somebody that had more experience to run the company. And they were thinking because the person has more experience, they could run his company better. But they were wrong. The company still went under. It's not around. But the thing is, if he hadn't given up over 50% because he was greedy to grow too fast, then he could have still run his own company. It's like if you have a child, and I guess you could let your child be babysat by the five-year-old next door, but don't expect to take your child back after. Your child might not be there. 
<laughs> okay so the thing is you know you know because they do have those things like there's a lot of people that are adopted and then then the the parent is on like maybe they put the child up for adoption because they were like 15 right they weren't ready to take care of the child and then they're 25 they're on their feet now and then they go and they want the child back but then the people so i say look she's been with us for 10 years absolutely not you know what i'm saying yeah even the child would be um compelled to be like who are you where you been yeah yeah they were like so okay so you were on crack and then you had me and now i love this family for 10 years i've been with them right Mm -hmm. and um i don't know who you are so why should i go with you you were fully on crack when you had me and they rescued me and now and i love them i feel like they're my family and now you want to take me how do I know you're not going to be on crack again? Take, give me back. Right? Yeah. So, no, I'm fine now. Everything is established. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm established too. I'm 10 years old and I'm living with my family. So what? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's nice that you're off the crack now. But, you know, I, that doesn't mean I want to be disrupted and leave everything I know. So now you can, I can be with you because you're a stranger to me. You know what I'm saying? So, um you know, have you, you just... heard the Have you heard the story of the young lady who was kidnapped by the nurse, raised her, and then it turned out that she confessed and found out that her mom was still alive and she was kidnapped and she never wanted to move with. She never wanted to meet her mom or even go to her mom, the one that was kidnapped. She says the one that kidnapped her is her mother. Oh wow! Yeah. That's a rough thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, So this um... is called The Enemy. I wrote this in 1998, and it was too hot for my book course. Okay. Can you imagine? Because I was nervous at the time. I was saying, if you will hear this, and I just came up, because I had just come out of the psych ward. So that's why I didn't put in my book course, because I was insecure at the time. But now I think I can do it. It's not too crazy. Are you ready for it? I went to the psych ward four times, by the way. I'd never try to hurt anybody or myself. I was just, I had a lot of passion. You see how fast I talk? Like I was talking, thinking even mm-hmm. faster. So I was diagnosed with genius illness. Have you heard of schizoaffective psychosis disorder? Never. Have you ever watched the movie, A Beautiful Mind? Guess not, or you would have heard of schizoaffective yeah, psychosis disorder. Yeah, I would have answered right okay. away. The, no, I've the heard guy, of it and I've probably Dr. seen it, John, but. Dr. John Nash was a genius mathematician and he came up with the Nash equilibrium. We learned about it in economics and he was at Harvard. He saw people that weren't there when he wasn't on his medication. I saw websites I hadn't designed yet all at once in one night and it blew my mind, threw me off. Right. When I came out, uh, I had one professor and he said, you know what, Jason, you know, you shouldn't think of it's too big a deal because there was this big, there was this genius one time and he was cranking, he would crank out papers asking this question, that question, like very, very high level stuff that was very, very fundamental inside his field. And they were always expecting the new thing, the new thing, and then disappeared for 10 years. And everybody thought he was dead because there was no papers from him. Right. And, you know, they, you read about these things in the journals, you just read and they know these are scientific papers or very, you know, or depth papers right. in the journals. So they don't really know what happened to him. He just never, they don't see any more papers. And then after 10 years, they see another paper and they're like from him and they're like, oh, we thought you were dead. And somebody said, well, what happened? We thought you were dead because we didn't mm-hmm. see any papers for 10 years. And he said, well, my mind is a very powerful thing. And I asked the wrong question. And he was in a psych ward for 10 years. It's a powerful mind, right? So I have a question. I asked the wrong question. I went to the psych ward. (laughs) You know what? I I asked, what does it take for black people to unite? And I went to the psych ward after the show. No way. Yeah. No, it's a true story. Do you want to hear one of the poems that shows what I was thinking? Go ahead. Okay. Oh my gosh, I almost locked myself out of this. I'll just show, make my face. Hold on, my iPad. Okay, there we go. The enemy. 
You should forgive the enemy. Once your enemy is identified, who are you treating like your enemy? Does the answer lay inside? The enemy causes destruction. Death has no self-control. By the way, this is October 5th, 1998. It's just so I said this because I don't want people to think that I'm at risk. Okay. So it's called the enemy. You should forgive your enemy. Once your enemy is identified, who are you treating like your enemy? Does the answer lay inside? The enemy causes destruction. Death has no self-control. Is manipulative. Acts immorally. Oh, you know what? I really should, since we have time, I really should do the, the other one first. So let me just, I know it's people are going to say, oh, what is he doing, right? But I understand where I'm going. So I'm going to do that one after. Go ahead. Okay. This one is called, it's because angels speak softly while my brother committed suicide. Okay. So, so this is a mental health focus. So, you know, mental health, talking about mental health is in now, but I'm just trigger warning people. If you're very, if you're at risk, please ask somebody for help. Um, and you know, in certain places it's, it would be 911, but certain places, 911, you actually need to call help to help you with the 911. So that's why I can't say that that would be the right solution. So this is called, it's cause angels speak softly while my brother committed suicide, suicide. This is August, 20, August 31st, 2002. It's cause angels speak softly while my brother committed suicide. It's cause angels speak softly while my brother died. You see? I loved my brother because of what my brother loved. My brother loved to see angels descending from above and brightening up the lives of others, his brothers. He had to see those angels making their suffering bearable. He needed to hear their sweet comfort. He had to see miracles. So when my brother listened and heard no angelic voices, when he only heard dissing and murderous noises, when he only heard fussing and mocking and sirens, when he only heard cussing against cocking and firing, when he heard no peace calls for ceasefire or compassion, when he heard no kind words, when all he heard was bombs blasting, my angelic brother took his own life my angelic brother slit his wrist with a knife. And it's because angels speak softly because they let their good words be drowned out by villains. It's because angels whispered their opposition to the millions of killings. It's because angels speak softly why my brother cried. It's not because he did not listen. Because he told me he tried. He told me he asked them to speak louder for him. He told me he begged them to tell him they adored him. He told me that then he sat silently, meditated and listened. And he only heard people respond violently <clears throat> with hatred and dissent. It's because angels speak softly. Why you only heard guns clapping and applause for outlaws and gangster rapping. <clears throat> I grab you, I stab you, I slit your wrist quickly, erase you, deface you, leave you buried six feet deep so you weep, bro, and your brother's tears drowning. I'm ill, yo, I kill, bro, this what I be shouting. What good words from good nerds go unheard, you doubt this? I rain while I cause pain. Cause I speak the loudest. It's cause angels speak softly why my brother gave in. It's because they were whispering why my brother sinned. They've got such godly things to say, but tell me what's the point if no one can hear them. So as bad a man as I am, I'm bold enough to blame them. Even though I shared them. I don't blame his friends that confused him and used him. I don't blame his enemies that bruised and abused him. 
And it's not because of my pain, although I am sad. And it's not because of my anger, although I am mad. It is not even out of guilt because I did not save him. It's because angels had the solution and they whispered it. That's why I blame them. It's because angels speak softly while my brother watched blood pour from his wrist. It's because angels speak softly while my soft-spoken brother got pissed. It's because angels whisper while the world seems full of sorrow. It's because they're so quiet while my spirit is hollow. It's because of the angels while there's so much killing. It's because of the angels why so much blood spilling. It's because of the angels why it seems everyone's so hateful. Now, Salty, I do appreciate the good they do. Don't think I'm ungrateful. But to keep great deeds a secret is wrong in my opinion. It's because angels speak so softly why it seems devils have dominion. It's because angels speak softly why Hitler did not hear them. It's because they speak softly why he did not fear them. It's because angels whisper why my brother committed suicide. It's because angels speak softly why my brother died. Because he could not hear himself think he cannot hear his own words because he shouted and screamed sweet whispers for help that nobody heard. Salty, so it's because angels speak softly while my brother took his own life. I blame the angels because it was a soft-spoken angel who slit his wrist with that knife. Well, yeah, that's, that's one of the 30 poems on my book course that nobody bought. And they buy in, they be buying instead, they be buying. I don't know. I, I've even seen somebody uh, buy in, like they buy these things called uh, cigarettes. They have money. I just, I just think people are misguided. I had to sell my house because nobody bought my book course. And I see them, they be paying people like Drake millions of dollars to dance with strippers so i just said i digress i thought you were going on to the to the enemy yeah so, but that so, was... <laughs> so that the, the thing is i don't people say that's the condolences for my brother i was my brother i never had a brother my sister i have a sister mm. right so that is a description of so i asked these questions in my book course can you understand what it feels like to not want to live anymore? And then second question, what do you think you should do? <clears throat> what do you think um, would keep you from hurting yourself, like ending your life, trying to end your life, if you ever felt that bad? The third question is, do you feel like there are people you could tell who would be understanding yet encourage you not to give up if you ever felt like giving up on life? Because they said in the psych ward that they don't make friends in there to stay friends with outside because sometimes you just need one person to encourage you to do good or do bad. So they said if you make friends in a psych ward and you make and you be friends with a person outside, when you're feeling really down, you could call up your friend and then you guys could end up committing suicide together. Because both of you are unstable. See what I'm saying? Right. So I didn't make friends in there. There was one lady in there. I went in there in 1998, 1998 to get out of my exams. And uh, they for two weeks, they kept me because I just wanted a doctor's note, but they kept me. 
because it probably sounded crazy that you would go to the psych ward to get out of your exams, but that's just how it went down. But the thing is, they thought my, I didn't know who what my name was because I said my name was Jason Kinte, and it is. But in 1997, I changed the order of my names, but I never changed my health card. So my health card still said Jason Humphreys. Maybe I'll give you another poem so you understand context because you thought my name was Jason Kinte because I have it there, and it is. But I was Jason Bernard Kinte Humphreys because my dad is Bernard Humphreys. He named me Jason Bernard Kinte Humphreys. After, did you learn about Kunta Kinte or read Roots or see the miniseries? Yeah. Okay. So for the young people, I'll do a poem called They Called Me Humphreys, Slave With No Brains. They called me Humphreys as they shackled me in chains. When I called out my names, whips gave my vessels blood drains. The cage is now bigger and I have made some gains. But after over 400 years of slavery, rape and murder, the title that identified me as European property remains. I remember my great, 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 great grand. Nah, I have no idea who he was. If he did something great, it differed from when someone else does. If he did something great, his master got credit. Fame goes with the name. If something went wrong, even due to a mistake by his master, the black slave took the blame. The name got the glory. Humphreys was exalted. Black skin got the shame. Black got assaulted. Picture an innocent lamb, accused, captured, and tried, who said he was innocent and was said to have lied. Now picture a speedy trial. Glaring injustice is large. A losing defense. An innocent lamb convicted is charged. Now picture a people who called out African names. Until they abandoned those for European, they were shackled in chains. Now, before the duration of their subservience was decided, visualized, that people accept an eternal sentence at zero property, forgetting their former cries. My name is Kinte. No, it's Humphreys now, boy. Now you belong to me. No, I will never submit. Oh, yeah, you will, boy. No, never. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Others look back at graduation plaques with their name. I don't know where to look for mine. I look back at failure and pain. Others look back with pride at their triumphant feats. They look back at mine as theirs, while I only look back at defeats. Will the name Humphreys get recorded in script for any good that I do? For my descendants to read about Humphreys and not be sure who? Will my black skin get recorded on film if I get recaged? For the original Humphreys to say he had to reclaim another ex-slave? You can't handle freedom, boy. I take my name and do as I say. No, I will never submit. Oh yeah, you will. No, oh yeah, you will. When you get hungry someday. They called me Humphreys, slave with no brains. They called me Humphreys, as they shackled me in chains. If I called out my names, whips gave my vessels blood drains. My cage is now bigger and I have made some gains. But after over 400 years, they still call me Humphreys and I have no one to blame because I call myself Humphreys, just like a slave with no brains. So this added questions. Do you remember the first time you heard about slavery? Number two, how did you find out about the history of slavery in the Western world? Number three, why do you think people enslaved other people? Number four, do you think it matters to know that slavery occurred and why? Number five, do you think any consequences of slavery exist today? And if so, why do you think some of them are? Right? So this is just how people think and have discussion, but I couldn't sell it. So I sold my house for a million dollars and I'm happy I did because now I'm free, right? Um, you know, I, and I invested in domains and I'm richer than I was before because I invested in the most valuable domains in the world, 1995. I started buying the domains, the PHRE brand. So now freehouses.com, which points to the, how to use real estate to fund your dreams for the decade. 
So it shows that strategy. And then freecars.com, I sold my car on freecars.com. So this is what we could do to save the world, the planet. People could sell their car and then show how they sold it on like a, a website. And then they, people could sell their house. But people aren't doing that. So that's why we're suffocating. They just came out with a report on the UN, United Nations, on um, how you know the, the temperature is rising faster than we can actually deal with. So they said it's on average going to rise about seven degrees. And there are some people in areas, there's going to be more forest fires in California and stuff like that. And then some people don't care. They're like, let California burn. I don't live in California. So this is how selfish we are. This is how people are. They're like, well, I don't live in California. So let California burn. Right. And then, but the thing is, you realize the short sightedness, you know, with that, because, you know, then people are going to move to New York. And then you're going to be well too overcrowded. Oh, if all the people in California moved to New York, what would happen? Look, you know how many people live in California? Let me ask my Apple Watch. What's the population of the state of California? I found this on the web. 39.2 million people. Okay. So if 39 million people moved to New York, right? Like it's already hard to find an apartment. Can you imagine if 39 million people? Now, let's just put it in perspective. I'm not saying that that's how it would work, but you understand the problem. People's selfishness is the problem. Right. Because we talk about global warming and people are like, what does that affect me? I need to eat, right? Tomorrow. I think I'm going to die by tomorrow. Like they're basically saying they and don't there's, care. Because, I mean, there is a lot of homelessness already in, in California, at least in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. They pitch their tents, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. in Toronto when the people are homeless like basically they they die they wake up in the morning and they die right because the thing is even that snowstorm in buffalo 40 people died mm -hmm. and you know i asked how many people died in toronto because it's further north and you know how many they said zero zero yeah so i think that something is dysfunctional about the united states okay like i just want to say it as a friend to the states <laughs> i'm going to say we're the country above you that loves you we have to love you. You could attack us, okay? But I'm going to say as a friend, I gave this analogy when I thought it was safe to do so. I said, look, it's like, it's like you could have a friend that you're, you, you're a roommate. You could have a roommate that, that they just end up going around with. Let's just say they, they just end up going out with the girl that is not, or, you know, basically they just get caught up in the wrong crowd or they end up with a crackhead. Okay, and you try to tell the person, I said, wait a minute, <clears throat> that person isn't good for you, right? But they're just your roommate. They, they're not, you're, you're not their parents, so they could do whatever, right? Like, they're free, right? But you try to say, that person isn't good for you. That guy's a criminal. He's a crackhead. And, and you, they're like, no, they're like, oh, he's actually, you know, Donald Trump. Okay, do you understand the example? I did that quick. This is genius illness, okay? Like Canada, we were trying to tell the United States, like actually Donald Trump would actually not be a good president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they still voted for him, right? And now he's indicted. I could actually say that like, and that the, there's people in the Republican party who say, yeah, this is our hero. This is good, right? So they're like, that's a good thing to steal the nuclear documents, right? And they're like, they don't like Obama or Hillary Clinton. The biggest thing is the Hillary. They said, look, we don't, we want somebody that we want to invite over for, for beer. Hillary is not, we wouldn't want to have Hillary over for beer. So I'm like, you gonna decide who has a nuclear codes based upon who you want to have over for beer? I think you, like this is people like you. We wonder if people like you should vote. Like you want to vote for somebody based upon if you would like them to have them over for beer, it's hard for women because if the woman is is tough, they say, "Oh, she's too tough." They're not somebody. That's not somebody you want to have a beer with. And if she's not tough, they're like, "Ah, she's too soft to control the military." Right. So how do you win, right? So the thing is, they say, "Oh, Hillary's." Then then they said, "Oh, well, she should have been more careful with, um, you know, the emails, <laughs> with her emails." And are like, do you guys realize, like? This guy fully took the nuclear documents and you guys were worried about emails and he has the nuclear documents. He's playing football with the nuclear documents with the dog in the backyard of Mar-a-Lago. 
and, and you know, so the Chinese are there. They're looking at the nuclear documents and say, no, not this one, Nato. Give us another one. Give us another one. No, we no, we don't want this, those codes. Give us the other codes. And fully, he's still against his support. Okay. Listen, like, like, I mean, he was already a New Yorker and he was not very well liked at all in the 80s and 70s. He was a slut, uh, a land, what's that called? A slum landlord. He was horrible. He, I mean, there, I mean, when it comes to presidential elections and politicians, um, clearly at 53, um, it's just sad to see, um, here in the United States, um, even at the local level, when you try to become a politician or, you know, a lot of politicians become politicians to make change. So they hope, but they're, they're not understanding that once you are in it, it's not about your community. It's not about how your mother raised you and the hood and it, all of that goes away. It's about so, power. Yeah. Even the, even the the ones with the with the good intentions of helping the people, who, which is what they're there to serve and how we vote them in, it, it just doesn't happen that way. And we already are awake. And I think the only thing that we can learn from 45 is that, is that... He's opened a lot of minds to people who were oblivious of like just doing the nine to five, going to work, worrying about other stuff that doesn't really matter, and let the politicians run the world. And I think that's what he was good at, waking people up. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> so, and I think with that, it, it became chaotic. It's, it's chaos now. It's um, because there's a lot of hate. We're very divided. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all for many. And it's not going to look good at all for many. <laughs> so, I mean, happiness comes in many different ways. And one of the ways that... I'm from the Bronx. One of the, one of the good things about being poor and being born poor... Um, it's that we don't sweat the shit. We don't sweat it. We don't sweat the small stuff. And for us, you know, if you were in the billions and dollars and you live in, you know, a nice place to live and all of a sudden you can have a babysitter to take care of your five kids or three kids and you can have the cleaner come drive up with you or, you know, like... Oh, well, <laughs> and again, a lot of people are using robots now to do those jobs and that's okay, whatever. But I try, I have my moments where I do my advocacy where I can, but if, and not, that's not to say that I've given up, but it's so much we can talk about it. Like, Did you know he got indicted? Yeah, but we really like here in New York. We don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like, we don't care. I had people that they basically, they thought he was going to become president again. And they're very negative because it just took so long. So they basically gave up hope. Yeah. But I, I'm under internal. I don't give up hope because yeah. I remember when I was in the psych ward. And that was a long time ago. So, you know, basically, I've seen a lot of different things. So now mm -hmm. I'll do the other one because... I've seen a lot of different things and it, so basically, but I've met some young people and they, they think the world, it's almost like they think it's not safe, worth saving, or they think that, you know, we've, it's very negative, but I've seen, there's been worse times. They're actually, yeah, absolutely. World, at a world war two, you know, Hitler did a lot. Mm -hmm. He was doing stuff. So the thing is when people say, Oh, it's, it's, it's never been, this bad well um if you were if you saw the gas chambers i think you wouldn't say that was a walk in the park you know what i'm saying so um you know it's different scales maybe but you know if you were if you wanted jews in the gas chambers you know you wouldn't say that that wasn't bad you know what i'm saying like and you know so but 
I, you know, well, I'll do this one to enemy because I think this is one is for people. I think people will understand. It'll be interesting. Actually, I'll do this one first because I'm trying to see if this one opens yeah. up. Yeah, and you because, have a little bit less than 10 minutes, so yeah. I don't okay. want to cut you an off. And, yeah. An that, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, go ahead. So what, what do you do? Do you work your own hours or do you have to... Do you work for a nine to five where you have to like? Yeah, I work you... a nine to five, and I also do doubles and triples and. What kind of nine to five, or you well, know? Well, I work it's... at a university. Oh that's what? Why my, that's why my title is. Do you encourage your college students to engage? Oh, and that was I... a conversation. Yeah. University. Maybe you would be the what? What? What is it like to work at a university? Because I'm going to. <clears throat> I want to work at a college, because, or university, because I realize my stuff is kind of deep. And as a result, people the people out here they be they be attacking me in the streets. They be like, they don't your stuff doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, actually, you're probably just not at that level. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've had people on Clubhouse. They say like he doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, it's very interesting. I'm like, they say you're supposed to dumb your thing down to grade five level. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so I'm like, so you're basically saying my thing is too high level. But I think at a university, that's not. You don't get demerit points for for actually being deep, but out here in these club, like for instance, not in the Wisdom, but in the clubhouse streets, like there's people that they're really at a grade two level. Like it's not an insult because I I love all people, but the people that are at the grade two level that are attacking me on clubhouse, like I think I should just work at a university. Like I don't think that they're going to attack me at a university for like being actually you know using words <laughs> you know what i'm saying like there's some people like use your words when they're like grunting there's some guys that are grunting one guy they threw me he threw me off a stage because he said it's outrageous because i said i'm 44 i'm still waiting for marriage and i'm male administrator of over fifteen thousand people on worth the wait and these some of these guys are so thirsty they get thirsty because i'm not drinking right. uh, why should it affect them if I'm waiting for marriage still, you know, if I still manage to survive, right? And why would it affect them? Like, do they get, do they faint if when they read about Jesus fasting 40 days and 40 nights, do they faint and die of starvation? Why does it affect them? Do you see what I'm saying? So I said, why? This is interesting. Some of these guys are so thirsty, they get thirsty because I'm not drinking. You know, like these are the kids, I'm taking care of their kids. They have like 20 different baby mothers. And they're not paying child support for any of them. And I'm taking care of their kids in university, in, 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 in youth ministry. And they dare attack me for not having kids. This one guy, he's a Jamaican guy. He was in Antigua, right? And he said, oh, well, you should have kids. You should have kids. I have nine kids. Um, and I said, well, you have kids? He said, they're in Jamaica. And I said, where are you? You're here? Yeah, I live here now. But they're, they, they're in Jamaica. And I said, he said, it's easy. It's easy. And it's fun. It's beautiful. I said, but you're not taking care of the nine kids. So of, of course, course it's easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course it's easy for you. <laughs> There's eight billion people on a planet. He has he, some of them are his. And he's not taking care of them and he's gonna tell he's attacking me. And he, he the, the I think it's probably multiple women. I have a feeling it's not just one woman with nine kids. But I don't know. But I know that he is not taking care of them. He is in Antigua condemning me for waiting till marriage. You know, like, so of course it's easy for the guy. The woman right. is the one that has to push them out. And then I wonder if he was even there when it was happening. Maybe, are you maybe, Are you experiencing a, meeting a lot of women who don't want children? Because that seems to I'm be the... I'm not even experiencing meeting a lot of women. Nobody is here. I'm leaving tomorrow. Okay. Nobody's here. <laughs> At, in their 30s without kids. I I, see, I yeah. dated somebody with two kids last time and then I didn't like the the ex was asking me a lot of asking her questions about us a lot. Now, I was willing to deal with it because of course I'm not going out with him. He's just kid's father, but he he's just supposed to pick them up so we have privacy and he's asking us why. He's asking her why we're not doing the baby making thing. I'm like what's this his business? Wow. Right? So that was just a brief taste. But I said, look, I always had this fear that I would go away if I, I didn't want to marry somebody that already had kids because I always had this fear. And it might be irrational. It might be irrational. It depends what, how the person is. 
but that I go away because I knew I'd be traveling and I a lot because I've been in Italy, I've been in Costa Rica, I've been around Cuba, you know, I've been around the world and I, I, I <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I said I, I wanted to travel around the world and I thought I'd come home and then I didn't want my wife to be crying at the door. And I said, why are you crying, hon? And she said, oh, oh, I can't believe I did this. She said, why are you crying? And she's like, well, you know, you know, Jamal Senior came to pick up Jamal Junior. And, uh, yeah, and first visit for, 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 yeah. And uh, why are you crying though? Well, you know, pick up and switch on. I'm here to support. Why are you crying? You know, you can tell me anything. Why are you crying? Oh, no, I can't tell you. No, you can tell me anything. Why are you crying? Well, you know, Jamal Senior said he had to use a washroom and he came inside and, I, and I'm pregnant again. For, for my ex. Are you kidding me? Yeah. For, for my ex-husband. And so I said, I don't want, I don't want to have that situation. You understand? I don't blame you. You understand, right? Of that course, I, that's horrible. When I'm away with my spouse, he could have access to the house, and then all of a sudden he say he have to use the washroom, and then a baby pop out. Mm. You know. And people said, people said to, to, oh, why wouldn't you trust? Why wouldn't you trust your wife that she wouldn't? But I heard guys say, once you have access, you ha- always have access. Now I know it does. That's not true. That's horrible. That's this, horrible. The, but guys say some crazy things, right? He said, well, once I get in there, I could always get in there. The guys say some crazy, horrible things. But I'm like, if she doesn't already have kids, then there's actually how? What are the chances that right. the baby daddy, you know, accesses my house if she doesn't have a baby daddy? Zero. Okay. The same, you know what? The, the, the same two letters, two numbers that were after the one when I, that I got in hundred percent in grade 10 math. I like, I like those odds. Zero. I like that. There's zero chance because if the person has kids, I can't say there's zero chance that that happens. Right. Right. And I'm the kind of guy I like certainty, right? I like that mark. That's why people say, why you always talk about the mark you got in, in, in grade 10 math? Because I liked that mark, mm-hmm. 100%. I liked that mark, okay? Anything less than that, I don't like it. It's less than perfect, okay? So I want to have perfect odds that I don't have the, my, my, my wife's ex-husband access the house for their kids, for his kids, and that something happens. Right. Okay, so the way I can get that zero chance is if she doesn't have kids already. And the thing is, I understand if I was Brady Bunch, if I was bringing like five kids from a previous relationships, whether it's five for different people or whether it's five for one person, then it would be an unreasonable desire to meet somebody and not accept, you know, and to have to have somebody that doesn't have any kids from a previous right. relationship. But if I don't have any kids, it would be like my parents. My parents met, then they got married, and then they had my sister, and then they had me. So I don't think it's unreasonable for to want that. Right. Right? I don't see what the age my age has to do with it. This is why I have I have I have the ability to make money now. I don't have any cash left, but I have the ability to make money now and you know and, and travel around the world, right? Before I was broke. So now I actually have, you know, I wouldn't say money, but I have assets, right? So now I can marry somebody and travel around the world with them, right? So before I couldn't, right? I had, you know, my money was kind of tied up trying to pay pay a mortgage and things like that. And the tenants weren't paying. So I was broke. They were about to repossess the house. So that's why I had to renovate it. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, people, People think that just because you're 45, you actually don't just want that, you know, get to marry somebody without kids. But that's what I want. Now I can really say it, you know. But then I go to meet somebody very nice and then she has a kid and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe. And then, but, you know, the ideal is a person doesn't already have children. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, unreasonable request because I, you know, you see all these 8 billion people out in the world none of them are mine okay right but they're having 
I'm so sorry, um, Jason. Um, I was trying to warn you that your time was almost up and um, my, my, my bedtime hour is way past my bedtime. But Jason, it was a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for sharing your poem, Why Angels Speak Softly, August 31st, 2002. And looking forward to the enemy... Um, August 5th, 1998. Um, please feel free to share. I went into the website that's on your profile, but I didn't, um, I, I, I don't think it worked. And then the one that's on your photo, I did go in there, but um, I'm about to, I was about to close it, so I'm about to head to bed. And um, thank you so much for coming up. I appreciate it. Please don't forget www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. And the poetry contest is this Saturday, April 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And the talk earlier today, which was about nine something. Wow, I think this is like three hours. can't believe I've been on here so long. But it was pretty much, um, what would you do? And do you encourage your college student to engage? After working for 32 years, um, still working there at a university, I've seen the changes within these students now. And I have some concerns, but I would uh, love to hear your thoughts when I come back next Thursday, maybe. I'm here on Wisdom with the Wisdom community um, so that you can share if you have any questions about your college student and what you need to know as a parent for them um, living there and how to prepare them at a young age if that's something that you believe you would be interested in sending them. Um, I went over that first Apple computer, which was on April 1st, 1976, with Steve Jobs, and I forget the other guy's name, <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> and the first Apple computer in 1980 cost $2,675, I think it said. And Steve Jobs was a college dropout. So pay close attention to those things and hope to see you soon. Have a good night. Be safe. And don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but it is what it is. I love you all. Have a good night. Bye.